It's time for JT the Brick. Just win, baby. The countdown to Canton is on. Got a Super Bowl ring as a player and as a coach. and I mean, just what the impact he had on the game. Uh, I agree with you. He should have a bust in Canton. Tom Flores. We know what has to be done, and we know how to do it. Charles Woodson. Intercepted by a flying Charles Woodson again! As these Raiders are inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, we honor them on Raider Nation Radio. Silver and black means a lifetime. A lifetime of uh, excitement and joy. Overall, it was a great journey. The countdown to Canton is on. Here's your host, JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you, coming to you live from Henderson, Nevada, the Raiders' headquarters. As we came off practice today, a big day as we're counting down to Canton, Ohio. I'm leaving Friday, back Monday, for the induction of Tom Flores and Charles Woodson into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We're brought to you by PTs, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. You can go watch the inductions all weekend long, Saturday and Sunday. They'll have it up at PTs. Go there and celebrate Tom Flores and Charles Woodson as we are in our brand new radio and podcast facility. And I'm thrilled to be joined by Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. Paul, good to have you up here, man. How are you? JT, thanks for having me, man. This place is phenomenal. I'll tell you what, as a UNLV alum, (laughs) uh, this is a far cry from the New Center 4 studios at UNLV TV uh, back in in the day. But uh, yeah, exciting times, uh, great facility. Thanks for having me. This is great for you because you cover the beat as good as anyone. You're always here and back in Alameda. And to see what they have now, you know, Napa, we'd go out to the tent out there and be out there. But to come into this studio with the cameras, we did a podcast earlier today. And just to see what this Henderson facility looks like, you're getting a new look at another side of the building today. Yeah, and it it makes sense now as to why the organization had to move and get get something fresh. I mean, this is state of the art. And uh, to see this, this is some of the things that that players are going to look at. And, and, you know, John Gruden himself talked about it yesterday. There's no state income tax here either. So you got the the facilities with all the bells and the whistles, the no state income tax, uh, the organization in and of itself with the history, uh, a couple of Hall of Famers going in this weekend. There's a lot for this uh, organization to pump its chest about right now. Um, And you just hope and, and, and wonder how they keep that momentum going. Before we get to the practice today and yesterday, you were a real big believer and you did a lot behind the scenes for Coach Flores in the Hall of Fame. You banged that drum as hard as anybody. What does this weekend mean to you personally? It's, it's funny because, you know, as a journalist, you, you're supposed to be objective, but you can also do some advocacy. And I, I feel like I've done a lot of advocacy type journalism for Tom Flores to go to the Hall of Fame. And, and on a personal level, it's just rewarding because, you know, I. I had nothing to do with the man's career. I had nothing to do with him being the first Latino quarterback in pro football history, the the first uh, minority coach to win a Super Bowl. Oh, wait, he did it twice. Uh, he's got four rings. I had nothing to do with any of that. But in my job, I had, uh, uh, in, my, you know, in, in my estimation, a responsibility to tell the tale, to, to get it out there. And because of where I work and, and at ESPN, I've got a pretty big bullhorn and a platform to go mm-hmm. ahead and do it. And, and I've been doing it since I worked at the L.A. Times back in 1999 onto the Sacramento Bee to CSN Bay Area. It's, it's been a constant theme for me. So uh, the long answer to your short question, JT, it, it's very fulfilling. It's very rewarding. But I, if that's how I feel, I can only imagine how Tom and his family feel and, and the Raider family as well that's going to be there for him. With your Latino roots, 
and we've talked about this, what does that mean to you that Tom Flores, someone that you could look at, says he looks like me, and knowing so many Latino Raider fans over the years that you've talked about and interviewed them at length on this topic. Yeah, from a time, yeah, I did a story last week uh, on ESPN.com, and I talked to uh, some Latino coaches in, in college football most of whom weren't even born when Tom Flores was starting to win his rings. Uh, Danny Gonzalez at New Mexico, uh, Marcus Arroyo here at, at uh, UNLV. And, and to a man, they all talked about just what an inspiration he was. Even if they had never met him, never had a conversation with him, never sat down and broke down X's and O's. It's just what it means to see somebody that looks like you uh, doing things at the highest level. I, I also spoke to the head of the Texas High School Hispanic Football Coaches Association. Mm. And he told me, you know what, when I look at, at Coach Tom Flores, and of course you gotta, you got to roll the R when you yeah. say it, uh, he said, you know what, as Hispanics, we build the buildings, we clean the buildings, we drive to the buildings. But, and this is his quote, but until Tom Flores was, was running the building, no one that looked like him had ever actually run a building. So that, I think, encapsulates the pride that Latinos uh, in general, Mexican-Americans in California and the Southwest in particular, feel about uh, Tom going into the Hall of Fame. Paul Gutierrez, ESPN. I think what's going to be interesting, I believe this, is that it hasn't hit the Raider fans yet. This weekend, you really got to make the Hall of Fame appointment television because everyone's doing something on the weekend. They're going to the beach, out in the Bay Area, here, whatever they're doing. You got to get in front of your TV on NFL Network and watch this because Tom's going in with Charles Woodson on Sunday. And I think when the Raider fans see him for the first time with that gold coat on, if they don't catch the gold jacket ceremony Friday night, when they see him Sunday, Paul, I think the emotion is going to be overwhelming from Mark Davis, guys like Fred Bolitnikoff, Howie Long's going out there, Marcus is going out there, and they've never seen their coach in that gold jacket. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because I think that's when it's going to hit the Raider Nation. You just gave me goosebumps too, and I'm not going to be there, but but I'll be watching. And, and and I think you're absolutely right. You struck it on the head. You're talking about legends, right? You're talking about Howie Long, Marcus Allen, Bolitnikoff, and, and the fact that that Tom chose Carol Davis, uh, as Marcus told me, the first lady of Raider Nation, to present him in the video. Uh, again, it just brings it all home. It, it comes full circle there. And, and for Tom to get that honor in front of a lot of people, uh, and it's it, not even a, a Raider, Kevin Mawai, a couple of years ago when he went in for the Seahawks, a player that, that Tom drafted in Seattle, he looked down and said to the legendary Tom Flores, you will be here soon enough. And for Tom to be able to be here, to enjoy it, and maybe even more importantly, his family and his friends, to be there and enjoy it with them, that to me is the most rewarding thing of this entire story. Paul Gutierrez is our guest in studio at Raiders headquarters, so I think Tom will be good with this as he listens at home on Alexa. <laughs> I know that. I want to, before we get to practice the last two days, it's the perfect time to talk about Cliff Branch yeah. here at the Hall. Cliff passed away, and you shared with me an interesting story that we're going to release down the road on Tom Flores' last text with Cliff Branch, and I get very emotional about Cliff because Cliff would have been there with his hat on and all his rings, and he would have been sitting next to Mark Davis. And I think this is another opportunity at the Hall of Fame for Jim Plunkett to be seen by everybody there going, oh, there he is. Why isn't he in with his two Super Bowls? But I think after this ends immediately, I think Mark Davis and the organization goes heavy again on Cliff. 
unless Cliff is going to be recycled yeah. and go to the back of the line, what does it look like for Cliff going forward? Yeah, it's it's an ugly process, uh, and and I've never been a fan of it. Uh, but again, I've never been a, a voter either for for pro football. I do vote for the baseball hall, and to me, the baseball hall is the most transparent thing. You get a list of names, vote for up to ten, turn it in, boom, done. There's no real discussion in a room trying to whip votes to get guys in. With Cliff, he's obviously in the seniors committee. Um, I look at it. Is he the most deserving Raider who's not in yet? Absolutely. Two times, absolutely. But because of the way the hall works things, you see these, these, um, the tenor of things. You see the way things happen. It's going to be tough for him to get in because they've already put in a couple of, of veteran receivers in the past couple of years in Drew Pearson, who Cliff dwarfs stat-wise, and Harold Carmichael, who when Harold Carmichael was a, a second-team All-Pro, who was first team? Oh, yeah, that's what, that was Cliff. So... They can right or wrong, but but it's hard for, for a committee to look at it and say, okay, well, we can't put in another receiver. Oh, we've put in a lot of Raiders. There's Raider fatigue. There is definitely Raider fatigue. I'm not advocating it or saying it, mm-hmm. but it's true. And it's going to be tough for him to get in uh, anytime soon. And I know Raider fans aren't going to like that. I don't like it yeah. because I don't think it's fair. But especially, you know, I had a personal relationship with Cliff as well, and, and it just it really bums me out. And I know that, that when they announced that Blue Ribbon Committee a couple years ago, uh, Cliff texted Tom, told him, you're in, coach, you're in. And uh, Tom's response was going to be, no, Cliff, we're both in. And uh, one of them's going in this weekend. And, and the cool thing about it is old school Raider fans will see Tom Flores going in. New school Raider fans will see Charles. And that that's going to be a really cool thing for Raider fans. Let's stay with Charles because Charles had such an important career. There's not many individuals in the history. The first defensive Heisman Trophy winner comes from Michigan. So you have the big house and all those fans. Oh, right. That's an enormous fan base. He's Raider Nation. He is a Raider. And he's made that clear. And he can go in with a Super Bowl with Green Bay. Think of what he can pull from. Yeah. He can pull from Michigan, the Packers, and the Raiders as he goes into Canton, Ohio. What a life. And he gets to close out the whole ceremony, too, right? I yeah, mean, he's, he's, he's to go. You could say it. I mean, you got Peyton Manning earlier, but, but Charles is going to close the whole thing out. And, and, and again, I, t- I texted with him yesterday, and, and he allowed me to, quote-unquote, break the news that he's going to have his mother, Georgia, present him. And I think that's a pretty cool deal, too, because without her, he wouldn't have been able to do any of this stuff, right? So for Charles... As I talked to, to John Gruden about it, one of, if not the most decorated defensive players ever coming out. And, and oh, yeah, he was John Gruden's first ever draft pick back in 98. Uh, he made the hit on the tuck rule, which was John Gruden's last game and his first run as a Raider coach, Incredible. which, uh, again, a lot of Raider fans can't stand to watch uh, that game. The same way I can't watch UNLV Duke in 91, but that's a different story. <laughs> um, but just Charles is just the epitome uh, I teamed with Rob Domofsky, who's our ESPN uh, Packers reporter, to do a story on him yesterday. It's 2,500 words. It was an opus, but it was epic. And it doesn't read like that because there's so many anecdotes in there about Charles and what his career was. And it's his, his football career really was a three-part act. Part one was he had Hall of Fame talent in Oakland, but he ran into some trouble. He, he lived, and he told me himself he went just as hard off the field as he did on it. He goes to Green Bay where he didn't really want to go, and he becomes a Hall of Famer there. Then when he comes back, he becomes an absolute icon, not only to the Raiders, but to the NFL as in, in whole. And the thing that I thought was most interesting was in his final three years with the Raiders, he didn't miss a single game. And that tells me how much he really understood. And, and I remember when he showed up for training camp in 2013, his first, uh, his first camp back, beat writers who were there the first time didn't, didn't recognize him. Like, who's this? It's like he was old man Willie all of a sudden because he's showing up with, with car seats and, and strollers and, right. and baby blankets and stuff. Like, who is this guy? And, uh, you know, he, he said himself, it was a beautiful transition.
Paul Gutierrez is our guest. Great to have him in studio here at the Raiders headquarters. Let's get to practice. We both saw something today with Trevon Merrig, who's playing in one of the drills going up yep. against Hunter Renfro. And I, I looked at you, Vic, a couple of guys who were there, and you saw him pop and flash and something we haven't seen around here in a long time. Walk us through that. One-on-ones, Derek's the quarterback, Hunter's outside, and they're just going, it's red zone type stuff, and they're throwing the ball you know, into the end zone. Hunter, who is very sneaky quick and has this kismet going on with Derek, they'll look at each other and they'll know where to go without even signaling. Well, on this, he does a double move. Mary bites on the first double move, and, and Hunter thinks he's, he's clear, and he's going to the back right corner of the end zone. Merrick suddenly shifts gears, boom, goes up, knocks the ball away. And in talking to Derek after practice today, he said, wow, that guy can actually cover. You know, and, and as we said to ourselves, when's the last time you saw a safety do that? And again, this is not to denigrate anybody else on the roster, but if you saw once, uh, one uh, series before uh, on the other side of the field, other side of the end zone actually, Hunter Renfro did the same move on Jonathan Abram, and Abram was in a different zip code, and, and there was Hunter. So it was a good thing for Hunter, a bad thing for Abram, good thing for Morrig on this, bad thing for Renfro. And, and again, that's, that's how these guys get better, and that's what happens. But that was why the Raiders drafted him uh, as a second-round pick, to be a, a ball hawk as a safety. Paul Gutierrez is our guest as we wrap it up. I want to stay with the defense. So my big thing is the depth of the interior defensive line. So Jefferson, Hankins, what you're seeing with uh, Solomon, all the players that are there so far, and Solomon Thomas, are these guys or is one of them going to pop? Because you don't need both of them to pop. It's been so long since this team had, you know, a Russell Maryland, Warren Sapp at the end of his career, Daryl Russell, the players that you knew could explode and get in the backfield. If they don't find it with this group, Coming off the edge is Yannick and obviously Mad Max and Klee, whatever he's going to do. Tell me what you think is going to happen in the interior that will give these linebackers the ability to make more plays. They've got to occupy blocks, right? And they've right. got have got to give the secondary time to cover. Um, and that really is kind of, of a side note to, to a Gus Bradley defense. Just waves and waves and waves of guys. And I like the way you phrased it. Are these just guys or is somebody going to pop? I don't think they necessarily need somebody to pop as long as you got guys that are going to occupy their blocks, occupy space, and keep things going and keep guys fresh. Because you got a lot of guys down in that interior that still have things to prove. And I think number one on the list is Solomon Thompson. He's looked pretty good so far. Granted, mm. today was the first day in full pads. Um, and it's training camp and everybody's undefeated. But but there's some interesting things and in, in dare I say exciting for the defense because, you know, on one side it can't get much worse than it did last year, but they've rebuilt this thing in Gus Bradley's image and, and uh, you know, is it Legion of Boom 2.0? Stay tuned, but it, it all goes back. And, and to me, games are won and lost in the trenches anyways, and if those guys can just occupy things down there, that lets the secondary do what it needs to do. So follow-up, Paul Gutierrez, you believe in the wave system of Gus Bradley because a lot of times the best players play yeah. and they're supposed to play the whole game. Gus Bradley's going to line them up better. They're going to be fundamentally lined up better pre-snap, and then he's going to reward players by giving players who play their ass off in practice some packages where they can get in, Tanner Muse, yep. maybe Carl Joseph or whatever it is, to see if they can earn more time on the field? That's, that's kind of the, how Legion of Boom worked, right? Yeah, And he's did. the architect of it. So guys find their roles, guys work together and make it happen, and it's a friendly competition. Um, 
it's a rebuilt unit. It's a reimagined unit. And you got a lot of guys that have a lot to prove. Um, you know, as Gus Bradley put it during OTAs and minicamp, he said for the secondary in particular, it's a race to maturity. This is going to be exciting. As we move quickly to the offense, my big takeaway is the size of Ruggs, how many looks he's getting in practice, what we're seeing with him. What have you noticed with Henry Ruggs III? What are you expecting from him? I've noticed he's had a great camp, uh, very consistent. Um, he puts those burners on, man, and he's gone. And, and, you know, I didn't cover Cliff Branch, but I watched him as a, as a young man on TV a lot. And I got to know Cliff later on in life and, and talk to him about the speed aspect of things. And, and the thing that I think is interesting about Henry is, yeah, he's a burner. He's, he's a speed guy. But he's also an all-around athlete. The guy can hit bombs playing softball, right? He so, 300. He bowls 300. <laughs> and he's a good that? bowler, yeah, too. So right? he's not a one-dimensional guy. And then I go back to, to Cliff. I'm like, well, Cliff was like, almost like, what, an all-American track star, too, so, and could play a little bit of hoops and, and tennis. So there's something there with Henry that as long as he keeps his head on straight, and I'm not saying there's a reason he wouldn't, but there's some growth that's happening there. And with Brian Edwards staying healthy and Hunter Renfro's leadership and, and uh, you know, Smoke and, and Willie Sneed the fourth, and, and even Keelan Doss has been flashing. Yeah. To me, again, waves of guys. And what I think is refreshing for the Raiders, and they'll be the first to tell you, is guys have relatively been healthy. Uh, Darren Waller missing two days in a row. That makes you kind of go, hmm, okay, well, let's see what happens. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of weapons for Derek to play with. The key to me is the trust factor, though, with Derek. Can he trust these guys enough to give them those 50-50 balls? And you've seen that with Brian Edwards the past two days with Darren Waller out. That is a brilliant point. You have to expect Derek to throw up more 50-50 balls. Fourth year in the system. The elephant in the room is his contract. Most of his money's been made already. If he's been nervous in the past about having interceptions or not making the big play— Hell with it. This is it. This is a make-or-break year for him. You see him today. You saw the confidence with him today on the field and at the podium. The one thing I'm having a difficult time with here at camp is seeing all these daisy-cutter bombs are coming out of the sky, right? Everybody's (laughs) catching these unbelievable balls. I'm just wondering, is it because the pocket's holding up? Because the pocket, it's not getting pressured. It's practice. And I'm wondering when you see... Baltimore and Pittsburgh in the first two weeks, and those guys, T.J. Watt, are coming off the edge, and Derek's got to step into a throw because he's got heat coming from him. How's it going to look then? What are your expectations there? Yeah, that's the question. I don't even know if I have any expectations because the offensive line right. is, to me, the biggest question mark on this team. You talk about all the weapons on offense, and, and it's, it's, it's a top-10 offense, obviously. Uh, and I think it could be a top-five. But when you rebuild the offensive line on the fly like that and you got a, a center in Andre James who's, what, played one game, uh, started one game in his career, there's question marks. So you can't really bet on things or expect things other than, okay, well, this is going to be interesting. But if that offensive line holds up, if, it's a pretty big if, then the offense has a, has a chance to be a, a top, top five type offense, in my opinion, with all the weapons that are around there. Um, they still got to work on some things in the red zone. And it's been interesting to see Marcus Mariota getting a lot of run uh, these past few days, too. Does Gruden look different to you, demeanor-wise, with his answers? <laughs> you ask a lot of questions, you and our teammate on the radio, Vinny Bonsignor. What's yeah. it been like with that eye contact and these questions to Gruden this time? It's funny. Whenever you talk about John, you kind of go into the voice a little bit, right? Yeah. So he see, and again, you can tell he wasn't in a very good mood yesterday. Yes. Uh, you could say he didn't yeah. have the juice, so to speak. But I, I spoke to him earlier in the week, you know, on the phone, off to the side, because I was doing the Charles Woodson story, and he was great uh, because we weren't talking about this year's team. But I get the sense that he's excited about what they could potentially do offensively. 
there, I'm not going to say apprehension, but I think he, you know, he, he himself on the record said that he's excited about the secondary. And if they didn't fix the safety position, then they did something wrong. So for him to, to come out in early in camp and say that, that tells me that uh, there's some apprehension, but also some excitement as well about what they, re- they did with the defense. Thanks so much for your added time today. We did some, a project behind the scenes here we're going to let everybody know about and then uh, open it up the show. Really appreciate it. JT, thanks for having me. And have a good time in Cannes. Tell everybody I said hey. I will. It's a big thing for you because you had a lot to do. There's Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. When we come back, we have Derek Carr, one and two. So Derek Carr will break it up. He had a long press conference today. We want to fit your phone calls in, 702-365-9200. Dial now, I'll get you in as we're brought to you by the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Live from Raiders headquarters, the Henderson Hyundai Superstore, Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. Go say hi to Frank. Hey, your kid going to college? Going back to high school. Deals on all of their vehicles, the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. He should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time ago. There's coaches that are in the Hall of Fame that haven't done what Tom's done. He's done it all, and he's been extremely successful on every level, so he definitely deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's a tragedy that Tom Flores is not in the Hall of Fame, but his day is coming soon. Induction Day is Sunday. Here's more countdown to Canton. That was Bolitnikov, Plunkett, and Branch on the weight of Tom Flores. JT, back with you in the Raider facility. Uh, these are your last two shows before I head out to Canton to pay tribute to Woodson and Flores. Let's pick up the pace, everybody. Let's pick up the pace for these legends. 702-365-9200. Did you know that the nearest ocean beach from the center of the Strip is 273 miles away? Why am I bringing that up? Well, National Rum Day is approaching, and Remy Quantro is excited to be teaming up again with Four Oceans, not just for National Rum Day, but National Rum Month. Mount Gay Rum is the oldest recorded rum, has been famously linked to sailing around the world. And I love this. I love this rum. Mount Gay Rum, we'll be talking about it all month with our partnership with Remy Martin. So last night I was able to emcee the alumni dinner at the Torch on Coors Light Landing, which was fantastic. I'll tell you about the alumni, what went on behind the scenes. Fantastic night, again, as the alumni have been in town the last couple of days. Many of them are jumping on planes to go to Canton in support of Tom Flores and Charles Woodson. So there's a lot going on there, and it's an exciting time. There are not many flagship radio stations in America, in the NFL, that's doing this, that's doing segments and taking calls on the Hall of Famers going in. They want to talk about padded practice. They want to talk about this, who looked good in one-on-one drills. That's important to me. We do that. We just had Paul Gutierrez on for 20 minutes, breaking down 10 of it with practice. But this is the Raider Nation on two of the all-time greats, Tom Flores and Woodson going in together. So between those two, I want to know the impact they had on you and what will you be doing this weekend coming up to celebrate Tom Flores and Charles Woodson, 702-365-9200. I was up here working with Paul Gutierrez didn't get a chance to go downstairs to Derek Carr's press conference. As the flagship, we will play it to you right now in its entirety. Here's the quarterback of the Silver and Black. 
There are a couple of nice uh, hookups with Brian Edwards today where he went up and uh, showed that athletic ability and yep. ability to go get it. Um, you're developing a little bit more chemistry with him, and what are your impressions of, of Brian so far in training camp? You know what? It, um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Devontae um, when he first came into the league, or into the league, to college, and he was redshirting, but I wanted to throw him every pass, even though we were getting ready for games. I'd still throw his rep, you know. And uh, just building that time time on task. It was the same thing with Brian when he wasn't starting. I was still trying to throw his rep, you know, every day in practice. And now I'm seeing that translate. You know, he's running with the ones a lot, as you guys can obviously tell. And um, he's making a lot of plays today. He would have had another big catch and run up the sideline if the DB didn't hold him. You know, <laughs> but uh, those guys cheat sometimes. But no, I think that I think that the early mornings of working together, there's. You got to put the work in. There's there's no secret around any any job. You have to put the time in. You have to put the work in. Just like you guys. I mean, you guys study. You're out there all day. You research and you try your best. You know, and that's same with us. You know, we do our best. We study. We we work. You got to grind. You know, and you want to be good at something. You got to work hard at it. And he it works extremely hard. I'm very proud of him. You guys know he's very quiet, um, uh, but around around me he's very open. You know, we talk about a lot of things, joke around, all those kind of things. But very fun to throw him the ball. Like you said, he has that. He just got. I've said it before. Like the way Devonte could just move in the air, their their body control is just it's impressive. You know, I I wish I could do that. You know, uh, it'd be nice to be able to catch a football like that. But you know, and I think also you see his strong hands. You know, he'll, he sometimes he'll catch a ball and he's so strong he doesn't bring it into the body where they can punch it out. He'll just hold it away from him, and uh, not many guys can do that, but he can. Hey Derek, the last couple of days with pass coming on, what have you seen from from the offensive line? How they looked with it being a little bit more live? Yeah, yeah, very. It's very physical. You know, um, Coach uh, Marinelli and Coach Cable. You know, they sat down and were like, "Hey, man, we're gonna make this thing physical. You know, we're gonna make this thing. You know, we're gonna grind. You know, it's gonna suck. You know, and that, I think that's what training camp's about. It should suck a little bit. You should have to grind out, grind it, make that decision to grind it out. And you can you can definitely feel that that energy in the pocket. You know, you can definitely feel it. It is a live rush, you know, and until they're about a step away from me, then they back off. You know, they they are they are moving. I even had a guy run into me, and I thought Coach Gruden was going to lose his mind, you know. And uh, you know, but but what that tells me is those guys are competing, right? Um, <clears throat> those pockets, I'm having to move, you know, and you know, play football, and that's that's good for everybody. You know, you have to be able to throw balls when you're moving and all that. So that shows me that everyone's going getting after it because it's never when you watch film, it's never like maybe 80% of the time you have to move a little bit you know the footwork is a little different you know it's not just seven on seven every time so um, they're competing their tails off but that they're they're doing better obviously there's always little details and mistakes but that's everybody that's me included you know you learn from you like okay next time I get that rep I, I pass it off like this or this step or I stay on his inside shoulder pat you know whatever but from what I've seen so far it's, they've they've looked they've looked very good even now in your career feel more comfortable as the days go by? Yeah, like I remember waking up, <laughs> I remember like the night before, like every practice I'd be stressed out, you know, like because in my head I'm just so hard on myself, like I'm just thinking about everything, like I gotta do that right, I got, I'm checking my notes, you know, I gotta do that, I wrote this down, I gotta fix that, and, and now it's just so free, you know, I wake up and you know, all these guys, like, so I have, I have young guys calling me like OG and I'm like, dude, I'm only 30 years old, you know, and, but I forget we have a young team, you know, and I've been here a while. So, you know, I, I think now it, just the demand of excellence, um, the way Gruden has, it's been four years, which is crazy that it's gone that fast, but it's four years of just him just demanding, demanding, demanding to where I wake up in the morning and like, I just expect it, you know, like we missed well, one ball yesterday and I, 
I felt like I, I honestly felt like I missed eight. I went home and I was like, golly, like, I can't stop replaying that play. You know, but the stress isn't there when I wake up in the morning. You know, the the anxiety, and that and that that's also different too. Because like back then, you're trying to make an impression. You know, with all the coaching changes that we had, you know, I'm trying to. It was literally trying to impress the next staff, or you know, trying to impress the new guys. You know, and all those kind of things. And once I got, we've talked about it too before. Once I got away from just trying to impress everybody else, and I just got comfortable with being me. That, honestly, that's when I've played my best. You know, and so hopefully, hopefully, I can play better this year, and it'll work out that way too. When you don't have Darren Waller out there, can that sometimes be, especially in this setting, sometimes yeah. be a benefit not to choose yourself, yeah. but everyone else is getting other reps. Absolutely, because everyone knows, everyone knows in certain looks where I'm throwing the football, you know, and uh, and that's what happened in those first couple of days. I mean, when Darren's out there, we get a look. I'm checking play. I'm checking plays to get him the ball, you know, and uh, when he's not out there, I, I'm, it's fun for me and Gru because now I'm checking plays to get someone else a look. All right, you're one on one. You have to show us if you can do it, and I think we saw yesterday Henry step up big time. Um, you know, on some on some uh, down the field type plays, and even across the middle today, you know, um, you know type plays. And then you saw Brian really today really step up. We know what Hunter can do, um, and I think this is a good time because you know there's there's certain plays that Hunter will usually run or Brian, you know uh, Waller usually run. Well, now we're letting you know Willie run them. We're letting uh, you know Brian. We're letting Henry, uh, John Brown. You know Zay's getting this. You know Keelan Doss today down the pipe. You know we're we're getting different guys, different looks, and it, it allows I, more more for me. It builds trust, but more for the evaluators to see what we have. Can that be a mental note that you put back there just in case down the road? Yes, absolutely. Because our I'm not saying that in a weird way, but like just I remember it, you know, and I remember that coverage, so I know he can make that play for me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, and if 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 he doesn't, I'm gonna give him another chance. If he doesn't, I'm give him another chance. And then I'm like, he's probably not gonna make that play for me, <laughs> you know, you know. And and that's in your head, and it's not like it's a, a bad thing because we, what Coach Gruden said, what we see on, you know, on the pra- on the practice film is what we expect in the game. So um, you know, you definitely make those mental notes that okay. That's that's probably not the best matchup right now. I should probably go here to here, you know. So it definitely definitely stays there. Henry is, is um, anticipating more this year than reacting. Last year you reacted. This year you're anticipating. What have you seen from your vantage point when he lines up now at, yeah. at receiver? You know, I had a great, perfect example for you. Um, great conversation last year. It was like when he would come. He, he's very. Um, very good receiver at communicating. He always comes to me, and even if he doesn't get the ball, he's like, "Hey, they played this route like this. I think I can, you know." And it, he's good like that now. You know, last year it was more like, "Hey, what'd you think?" You know, he's trying to get my opinion, right? Because he's new and he's young and those things. And I'd tell him like, "Yeah, man, release like this, stand, you know, all that kind of stuff." And now, yesterday he's like, "Hey, man," he comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, next time we get that look, I'm gonna set him up, throw throw him by, snap across his face. I'll be there for you." And you're like, as a quarterback, yes, you know, like, so now when I drop back, I got that look today, actually got that look. He did exactly what he said. Boom. It's a big play, you know? And so, um, when he's doing that, it shows me one, that he's confident. It shows me two, uh, also that mentally he understands, you know, what the coverage is because our defense is really tough. They show the same look and play something else, you know, and for him to understand, oh, here it is. Is it, this is that look and do the right thing. It's, it shows me that he's getting it. It's, it's good. Question about what each receiver can do. You know, uh, Brian, you have a big body. Yeah. Hunter, tough as nails. You got your yeah. speedsters. Now you throw in Kenyon coming out of the backfield. Yeah. Darren is tight. Is this the most diverse group as far as that you can think of 
in terms of having a number of different targets that can do so many different things for you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, very, very diverse. You know, um, can't forget about Jalen. He's got about fifty ball, you know, fifty choice routes for us. You know, he. Uh, Josh, you know, out of the backfield, it, you get the ball in that guy's hands anytime. You know, there's so many checkdowns I throw to him that turn into 16-yard gains. You know, um, now you got Kenyon that can. He was a receiver. He can run those routes. You know, uh, and Alec Ingold. I mean, he making plays down the field. You know, and things like that. So then you put in all the different kind of receivers. It's like Gruden's going to get what Gruden wants. You know, he's going to get exact. He wanted he wanted guys at the skill positions that when he thinks of a play. That's the guy that can do that. You know what I mean? And he's got exactly what he wants. So then he can freely call plays and then I can freely just read them out. You know, I'm never just going to say, you know, here's Waller. I'm going to jam this in there. If it's not the look or not the matchup, then I'm not going to do that. And it allows me to freely play quarterback because we have a bunch of, it's that amount of versatility, but they're all unselfish. You know, um, I, I, I understand, and I've been around where guys are like, you know, getting mad at coaches, give me the ball, you know, because they think if it's in their hands, they can win. And that's a hard way to play quarterback, honestly. You know, we talk about it all the time. It's that that's hard because you're like, man, I want to force it to him, you know, you want, and then that's when mistakes happen. So um, these guys are all unselfish. Darren Waller is the most unselfish superstar I've ever been around, and uh, very, very, very um, excited about that for the other guys because he doesn't demand anything. You know, he's gonna he's gonna run the route full speed regardless whether he's a clear out or getting the ball, and and that shows you that he doesn't care if he, he wants Hunter to have eight catches. He wants Kenyon to get. 12 catches for a buck 50, you know, because then the next game they have to account for that and he's going to be open, you know. So um, just really impressed, like you said, the versatility, but more impressed by the unselfishness that I can play quarterback and freely read plays out how they're designed to be read. Part one of Derek Carr, who spoke at length today, and Derek's given you a lot of information on the chemistry that he has with the new receivers, as we talked about with Paul Gutierrez, who kicked off the show. There's a lot of work going on with Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs got the message. The message was go home, eat, eat a lot of food, lift weights, run, be in shape, be fast, but get bigger and come back like a pro. And he did. Now we're going to have to see it play out in games. What I'm noticing now is a lot of Raider fans, a lot of critical Raider fans are are giving me this crap. Well, wait to see it. We'll wait till we see it when the season starts. No, our job now is to cover training camp. We're out here trying to give you information on what we see, and I'm trying to get guys on the radio and gals on the radio who are seeing things that could add to the content of what we're doing here on the flagship. So it does feel a little huggy, feely around here. Everything's perfect because it's got that feel than some other training camps in the past. I mean, I've been around long enough to see Jamarcus Russell holding out and Al Davis in a booth in Napa, not happy as Jamarcus Russell was in a camp. Okay, or some other big stories with injuries and guys getting carted out the first day or two. Or a balloon flying over and a guy with frozen feet, Antonio Brown showing up, and then just hijacking camp. So this, this is nothing like I've seen in a long time. When it comes to football and the football team, everything is really good. So far, everybody's really healthy. The depth chart, we kind of all believe, is what we think it is. And everybody seems to be doing their job and having a lot of fun as they're working their ass off. So, but it's the first week, and it's the first week in pads. When we come back, more from Derek on other things he saw at practice today. Some of the moves that he's making outside the pocket. And what does he think about Marcus Mariota wanting to get on the field? We are brought to you by our good friends at Grimaldi's. Five locations in town. 
the home of the $50 gift card that I'll be giving away all year long for great callers and people who support the show. Grimaldi's, the best pizza I've ever had. You know, I was ready once I stepped on that field. I, you know, I still had something to prove to myself and to whoever else. Plunkett on a straight drop back. Here comes the rush. Steps up. Can't find anybody yet. Takes off running to the left. Rolls on the move. And it's caught by King at the 40. Here's JT the Brick with more Countdown to Canton. Yeah, ready to go to Canton on Friday. Saw a lot of uh, great, great individuals yesterday for the Raiders alumni event at the stadium, including Pops, Jim Otto. And I think we'd all say the greatest living Raider is Jim Otto, uh, the most accomplished Raider, the Raider Pops. Every The way that all the alumni looked to him in a wheelchair last night. And again, we did something. I'll share more of it on the other side of the hour. But we did a raffle, and we're going to have Jim Plunk, uh, excuse me, Jim Otto pull names out of a raffle for a helmet. So we were walking over to him because he's in a wheelchair. And before we could move, he sped across the room in his wheelchair. His motorized wheelchair it was like a NASCAR. Went around the tables, came right up, smiling, ready to go. What can I do? Always better to be a- around Jim Otto. Double zero, the best of the best. A Hall of Famer. Derek Carr met the media. He was the big name today. Gruden yesterday. Here's part two of Derek Carr at the podium. Guys have come in and spoken on like all or nothing that Gruden has said. And they've yeah. different perceptions or definitions of what that is. Yeah. Some have said Super Bowl playoffs. Others said work hard every day. Like when you hear yeah. him say this is all or nothing this year, like what do you think that means? Oh, yeah. He, the demand for us, no matter what he says right here, you know, there's been one demand. And that's holding up that Lombardi trophy. That's period. You know, that that is ultimate that's all I care about, you know, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. You know, I, I think it, we can all agree it'd be a special, special thing to do here. You know, uh, bring that thing back here. We've seen the three trophies every time we walk in and I, I stare at them all the time. You know, I I can't imagine anything cooler than that in football, you know. And so the demand is excellence that we would hold that trophy up period and to do that we have to every day do the hard work and grind and push effort you know like it's not just 10 yards effort you see our receivers i mean you guys see them like now you're seeing guys catch the ball and dudes on the backside finish with them you know and like you're like yes like that that's championship level effort and it's not just from the receivers i watched hankins the other day i handed a ball off i turned around and Hankins stopped, put his foot in the ground, and beat two guys to the football. And that's the biggest man on our team, you know. And I told him, I said, that right there is going to win us a Super Bowl, you know. And I think it's that day-to-day grind that gets us to that end goal of what he expects. There, there were a couple of reps um, where you went through your progressions, put it down, and ran a little bit. Yeah. And I was just wondering, was that by design or was it getting covered? And yeah. it's getting covered. Is that a sign that this defense is starting to kind of, you know, come on? Absolutely. It's, this, it's competitive now. It, like, these are... These are live game reps, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I'm trying to give credit to what they're doing, if you know what I'm saying. Like, these are tough reps. You know, every rep is a mental gymnastic. Every rep is uh, tight coverage. Um, you know, these guys, it's competitive. And so that's only making us better as an offense. And uh, it's definitely making the defense better with all the weapons we have. Like, you know, we roll our 
ones out there. We got these weapons. We roll the twos out there. We roll the threes out there. There's still guys that have caught touchdowns in the NFL, you know, caught balls from me in games in the threes. And so, you know, it's, it's super competitive. And, um, you know, guys like Casey Hayward, you know, uh, Yannick, you know, those guys that we added, um, you know, even Kwiatkowski we added last year. But, like, you, you see these veterans, like, leading and pushing that competitiveness. And it's really a beautiful thing, man. It, it excites me. I'm trying to stay here, but it's exciting to watch. What have you seen from Trayvon Merrick? He had a nice breakup on a yeah. one against Hunter Renfro earlier. Yeah, he's uh, – I think the impressive thing with a rookie safety, usually you can just throw whatever route you want. You know, I usually, I usually call them I, whatever number they are, you know, I 25, interstate 20, pick whatever route you want. You know what I mean? And, uh, <laughs> this guy can actually cover. So it's impressive that, especially Hunter, like uh, the guy doesn't get covered. You know, I, God bless Merrick. The next day we go out there, you know, when he has to cover Hunter, you know, he doesn't like to get covered twice. So, um, you know, when, when he lines up and accepts that challenge, that's a mismatch for the defense, a safety on a, on a slot receiver. But he lined up, accepted that challenge, and he made the play. Like, that's in the back of the end zone and tried to put it out there. And he gets, I mean, there was no way. Like, he said, no, not, not this time. And that excites me as a quarterback because I want him to do that to Mahomes. You know, I want him to break those passes up. And uh, I think that would be a good thing for everybody. What are your thoughts on you guys using uh, Marcus in terms of special packages during the game? Yeah, he's so fast, you know, like – like you saw with Breeze, you know, and Taysom, like when you have weapons like that, then once he touches the field once, people have to put that on a card and practice against it, among the thousand of other things that we do. You know what I'm saying? And so, I trust me, I've been begging to put him out there so I can catch a touchdown. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, hey, Marcus, you know, me and Marcus, every time, every time he goes out there and I go to receiver, I'll tell Marcus, like, bro, throw just one time, throw it to me. See what, don't worry about Gru, I'll talk to him. <laughs> but no, no, I, I love it, man, and I love Marcus. Like he's awesome. He's his. Like I said, I, I told him the other day. I said I think he runs a four three now. Like I think he's faster than what he was. You know, coming after he broke his ankle. You know, uh, which we did the same day. You know, but I, I love it, man. The guy, the guy works his tail off. He's he's been one of the best teammates I've ever had. And I and like when he went in that game and played so well, man, I gave him a hug and I told him how happy I was for him because I obviously we knew what he went through the year before. So um, anytime we can score touchdowns, I don't care how we do it. Trust me, I'm just trying to hold that trophy up. First couple of days in pass, Derek, the, uh, you just talked about your offensive line. They you know, talked about them last week, but they've looked so conditioned and, and agile and so much yeah. better. Greg, uh, last time we talked to him, he said that the offseason conditioning and strength program has really helped them as well. Can, yeah. The timing, is that is that your timing and, and the timing you have back there? Can you just touch on that now that you've had a couple of days? Yeah, yeah. Even when we had like all those veteran guys, you know, like I'm talking about like Rodney, Gabe, Trent, all those guys, like I still try to get the ball out of my hands as fast as I can, you know, go through my read, throw it early with anticipation to help limit the number of sacks, sack, negative plays, right? Um, and uh, I do my best to do that regardless of who's in there. But, you know, there's times where you got to go through a progression and you need them to, you know, be awesome. And so far they've been, they've been great. Um, they've been, they've been really good. Um, they're going to get tested. Obviously they're going to, People are going to test our rookie out, and they're going to try and do those things. But um, we're all about competing, man, and we're all about the next play. So, um, you know, obviously he's a rookie. You know, obviously there's some new guys. If they mess up one rep, they're so awesome that they don't – next play, and then they'll go maul somebody, you know. And uh, you know, that's that's football, though. And so as long as we can keep that mentality and just keep getting better. It's so cliche, but, like, you watch the film. You know what you have to do the next day better. As long as we keep doing that and they keep doing that, I, I can't wait to see what it turns into. Yeah. Two more, Paul and then Adam. 
And Derek, you obviously came out with your statement uh, in support of Carl after he, he came out. Yeah. Uh, now we're in camp. What's the reception been like toward him in the locker room? Yeah, like I said, like, like whether you agree or disagree with someone, like, like we talk about all the time, like in, the, in this country, if you disagree with someone, you automatically hate them. And I'm like, it couldn't be farther from the truth. You know, like I know a lot of people that disagree with me or I disagree with them and they're some of my best friends, you know what I mean? And, uh, and when he came in, I, I, I just like to watch, you know, and not one person from my point of view has treated him any different. He may have a different story. I don't know. I don't know what his story is. But from my point of view, you know, his locker is just a few down, you know, from mine. And I just I, I want to make sure that, you know, he knows that, man, we just want him to play as hard as he can so we can win a Super Bowl. You know, like that's what we're here to do. You know, whether someone agrees or disagrees with what he does on or off the field, that's everybody's opinion and leave it like that. But, you know, we're still a family when we come in this building. You know, we better treat him like such. And so from my point of view, it's been it's been good. But I don't know if Carl would say the same. I don't know. But from, from what I've seen, it's been good. There was, a, uh, there was a rep in practice the other day. Hunter was covered in the end zone. You were rolling right. He just kind of made eye contact and threw it to us. You saw that. Yeah. yeah. We, we asked him about it. He said, this is backyard football. We get it. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, that it worked out really well. Yeah. How much, how much maybe danger is in there is that if, if he doesn't see your eyes or that, yeah. how much do you have to trust somebody to. You got to be on the same page. You know, I'm not going to throw that, that kind of ball to many people, right? Time on task. You know, every time we throw, we work on scramble drills at the end um, in the off season with my whiteout. So um, every day, Zay, Zay Jones has been there every day since he showed up as a Raider. And Zay's a guy who he caught one today, one of those, um, where he made eye contact, backed up, and I threw it. He made the corner miss. He knew exactly where I was going to throw it. And there's just such a it's, – that's almost where it comes like soccer. There's such a such a beautiful thing about soccer. It's such a feel kind of game, you know. Uh, where you got to read things and feel it out, and that's when that happens, you know. Um, and that's our version of it. You know, he he was working this way, and and he knew I was looking at him, so he knew I wasn't going to throw it. So I I just ripped it back there, and he knew he knew it was going to happen. And he's a guy even has a great feel for that. Even his rookie year, I think he caught um, a game winner against the Lions, where he just he outran like three dudes because he just knew where I needed him, and uh, he just has a. Hunter is just special. You know, he's got a great feel for that stuff. So um, I've been around guys that just don't have a feel for that. They kind of just get covered or get pushed out of bounds. And, you know, the play is never dead. And we got better at that last year. But I want to do even more, especially in the red zone, like we've talked about, even more. So we, the fact that we hit like two of them today was cool um, to some of those guys. Derek Carr from earlier in the day, big takeaway for me is his comments about Mariota and special packages, quote, so I can catch a, TV, a TD, he laughed. Anything that helps me hold up the trophy. He told Mariota the other day he thinks he's down to a 4-3. He's so fast. That's interesting because I don't think Derek wants to come out of the red zone where you get productive and you score touchdowns and he gets credit for the touchdowns as a quarterback, but he's a great teammate. And Mariota, could this be the year where Mariota is getting packages in the red zone? where Gruden thinks there's a mismatch with a quarterback who can run a little bit better. Good question to be asked, and Derek Carr answered that. And that was the press conference from earlier today. Uh, JT for Sam and Ash, our personal injury attorneys who care about their clients getting better settlements. That's what it's all about. You get two for one with Sam and Ash. They're available to answer your questions 24-7. So if you get in an accident, call Sam and Ash, the ones I trust, 702-820-1234. Or visit SamAndAshLaw.com. At the top of the hour, we'll reset what's happening today. 
I've been shut out from the Raider Nation. We had Carr for two segments and Paul Gutierrez. Like to hear from some Raider fans who are excited about camp so far. Also, Tom Flores and Charles Woodson. That was the plan a month ago when we launched all this imaging and all the things we're doing here behind the scenes. So final hour of the show, if you got a call on Flores ahead of Canton, how about someone in the Valley there from Bakersfield on the Raiders mobile app? Sanger, someone who grew up near Tom Flores and C. Wood. Man, we got listeners in Florida, not too far from C. Wood in Orlando. 702-365-9200. Coming up, why I think the Colts have an obvious choice at quarterback and they should pull the trigger. 